A lack of sleep is never good for your mood, and there's plenty of research that supports a connection between poor sleep and mental health conditions like anxiety. So what do you do? Take melatonin, of course. Melatonin has become one of the most popular supplements for both adults and kids when they need to sleep. But is it truly helpful or can it be harmful? And what if you have depression or another mental health condition? Is it safe to take melatonin? In this week's episode, we take a closer look at melatonin. Let's dive in. Briarly, do you take melatonin? I don't. You don't? Do you give it to your kids? No, never have. Never have? Mm-mm. Wow. No. I have friends, though, who are, I mean, I would go, I would go so far as to say are religious about like, do not miss. giving melatonin to their children. I, you know, my mom's kind of like that when my kids stay at her house. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm um, pretty sure that if my mom was tuned into melatonin, she would have probably forced it uh, upon my children when they were younger. Yeah. For sure. Madeline likes to take it. I don't give it to Griffin. Madeline takes it. But I, I don't know why she likes it. I think she can go to sleep either way. Right. It could just be a placebo effect. But it works. It works. It, it quiets works. her mind and off she goes. Now, don't take away her Dateline podcast or she won't be able to go to sleep. <laughs> Is that how she falls asleep? Horrible. I think that's kind of funny. Well, but let me take about- my melatonin and then listen to something that's basically going to raise my blood pressure. Uh-huh. But that guy's voice. We're but talking anyway. about melatonin today and because sleep. Sleep is so important. Important to I love everything. Sleep. I've, I've kind of been on a sleep soapbox this week. I've been doing interviews for my new cookbook and oh. my health habits. And I was like, yeah. you know what? More than healthy eating, it really starts with sleep. Because if you don't get good sleep, you're not going to be in a good mood. You're, I'm not going to make the best food choices. I'm not going to really excel in my workout. I may even skip my workout. You know, like it all oh. stems from sleep. Yes, it it really does. And we've talked about it before in past episodes. It's it's really important. And I in especially in the U.S., sleep and melatonin are side by side. There, I feel like especially people who have kids, Gosh, yes. uh, talk a lot about melatonin. Yeah, and want to know if it's worth it. If it's not worth it, they want to know if you know how much, how often. Yeah. I mean, when, what, what, like what time of day you dug into a lot of yes, those I, questions. I took the lead on this one. You did. And yeah. you dug into a lot of those questions, which we were going to give listeners answers to. And well, this really kind of stemmed, just to give them some background, this stemmed because a while back I heard hearsay, but someone was talking about melatonin and they had been talking with someone who was caring for a person with a chronic illness and that caregiver was saying oh you don't want to take too much or it'll start stop working or it will even backfire and I just heard a little tidbit again here's from another person right but it always kind of stuck in the back of my mind and kind of intrigued me and then when my kids have taken it maybe I'm more in tune with Griffin when he's taken it I feel like if I gave him a higher dosage and then went back to the lower dosage, like the lower dosage didn't work as well. Huh. So I was just kind of intrigued. Like, was there anything to it? And like, is, are there side effects that we don't, that people are just kind of sweeping under the rug? Yeah. Like, what don't we know about it and what do we need to know? Or is it harmless? Well, and then I remember you mentioned melatonin as a, as a potential podcast topic. 
And so I immediately like hopped online, started doing a little digging. And what I was seeing, not necessarily from at, at that time, I don't know if they were credible sources or not. I don't really remember, but we're going to get into it. Was I had seen that, oh, people who have depression have higher levels of melatonin. And so immediately my brain was like, well, wait a minute. If people have depression have higher levels of melatonin, oh my gosh, we have to do a podcast and tell people with depression, with not, depression to not to take it. Right. But then, of course, we were like, okay, we're really going to look into it. So we are going to answer all of these questions. Yes. Yes. So melatonin has become really popular, and I will give y'all some stats. It kind of came out of nowhere, but um, it's become a popular, quote unquote, natural supplement. And you'll understand why when we explain what it is um, to take as a sleep aid because it doesn't leave you feeling drowsy like yeah. a lot of sleep medications do. Um, it can be purchased over the counter, and it's largely considered safe for most people, or that's the general consensus um, out there. But when I say it came out of nowhere, it really did. I don't know if it really didn't hit the market till the 90s or so, but an uh, article in that the American Medical Association did looked at use, med- melatonin usage from 1999 to 2018, and there has been... Melatonin usage has had a five-fold increase since then. But the increase really started in 2009, 2010. So really kind of that five-fold increase was between 2009 and 2018, five times. But the other thing was before 2005, people who took melatonin were only, were taking less than five milligrams. The most they took was five milligrams. And since 2005, people are taking doses higher than five milligrams. The, the number of people taking doses higher than five milligrams has tripled, more than tripled. Wow. Which is kind of interesting. And some people are suggesting that our usage has increased even more since COVID. Wow. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of, kind of interesting because it's, and like you said, like you walk into a drugstore or a grocery store or, and it's everywhere and it's marketed like, you know, there's gummies, there's dissolvables, there's one milligram, three milligram, five milligram, 10 milligram. I was in the airport drops. buying yeah. coffee on Monday morning uh-huh. of this week. And at the checkout counter, I looked next to me and there was like, you know, the five hour energy shots uh-huh. that you can get. So there were the five-hour energy shots were there, but then in the same-sized bottle, which is only like a couple ounces, mm-hmm. was water with melatonin in it. It was like it was like a sleepy time drink. Really? Yes. I was like, interesting. Wow. So yeah, we're just throwing it around, assuming that there it's, are no risks to it at all. Right. And assuming that it works. That's, that's where it gets that's interesting. That's the other part. Like, does it really work? Is it safe? Does it really work? Yeah. So one of the other things that you mentioned as we were preparing for this was the the availability in other countries. Oh, this was fascinating to me. Okay, so we are basically like handing it out like candy. L- literally. I mean, yeah. we probably can find some gummies to give out on Dasani's Halloween Dasani's probably the kids. putting it in their water. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be kind of smart to put some melatonin know, right? candy for Halloween. Um, okay, anyway. Um, this was fascinating to me because melatonin is by prescription only in European countries, and it's only given to adults. 
that kind of scared me when I read that. Because I was like, oh, there's no harm to it. And when I read that, just because European countries with their food, I yeah. always watch what they ban or they put warnings on because they are much more cautious. Like, they put warning labels on um, foods that have artificial colorings or dyes. And, like, one of them they put, this may cause hyperactivity in children. Right. But but in the U.S., we no don't. such we, thing yeah, yeah. exists. So they are much more – I kind of follow their – I just think they're a better kind of guideline for safety when it comes to Yeah, th- they're much things. more conservative. Yeah. Um, much more conservative. Yeah. But, and well, and then Australia. Yeah. It's been on prescription only forever. So just like so, but European in, countries. Just like European countries. In last year, last year was 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> been a long year. Um, last year, it became over the counter in Australia, but only for adults that are 55 and older. So I was wow. like, wow, Australia's doing it too? Like, what? Yeah. Interesting. Like they're requiring a prescription for most adults. Right. And obviously now if you want to go buy it over the counter, you better show them your ID because you have to be 55 plus. Yeah. Hmm. So, AARP needs get on that. I know, right? <laughs> That's exactly what I was just thinking. So even more so when you told me that, it was kind of like, okay, we really need to assess our obsession with melatonin. Not I, yours and yeah. mine. I mean, like our culture, our our yeah. country. And I don't. I can't figure out now that we've. And maybe we need to discuss this at the end when we tell people kind of what we learned. Um, you know, because I can't figure out why we're so obsessed with it. Yeah, it's a great question. Other than maybe it's harmless, and I, I don't know. So we can come back to that to the end. But let's talk really quick about what melatonin is and why um, many think it can help with sleep. Right. And well, and, and why like it is considered because of this, as you explain it, why it is considered a natural supplement. Yes. Yes. So melatonin is naturally made by the body. Um, and it's a hormone that governs circadian rhythms. And I think we've talked about these a little before. These are rhythms in your body, kind of like a clock, circadian clocks. Yeah. Your internal clock. And that influence body functions within a 24 hour period. And two main ones are sleeping and waking. And so in the body, melatonin levels are low in the morning when you wake. And they stay pretty low during the day. And then later in the day, they start to gradually increase. And they peak at night Mm -hmm. because the higher melatonin levels help you go to sleep. Yes. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. So... People are, I think the people are thinking that if you take a supplement of melatonin at night, then you're boosting maybe those levels in your body even more to help go to sleep. Right. So you're going to fall asleep potentially faster. You're going to sleep better. But also because it doesn't have that drowsy after effect, you're going to wake up feeling refreshed, not like you just took a Xanax to go to bed. Right. Right. Now, this can be important because, like, disruptions in circadian rhythms, um, you know, it throws off your sleep. But it's also associated with insulin resistance, high blood glucose levels, and elevated blood pressure. Yeah, it impacts so many Mm -hmm. other parts of your body. Your circadian rhythms, that is. Like, so many other parts of your body. um, And also, like, it, it, it plays a big role in terms of, like, your 
appetite hormones, like whether uh, or not yes. you are hungry or whether or not you are satisfied, like that. Yeah. That's sort of thing. And my understanding is kind of the sleep-wake part of it is really kind of what can get all the rhythms off. Yes. That's like the linchpin. I think that, not I think, I know, like I remember reading um, studies about how that is typically the challenge with shift workers mm-hmm. and not just their sleep, but also their eating habits and their health and their weight. Yes. Because I've seen that. They're higher, at higher risk for like diabetes and obesity. And, yes. and it's, they think it's because of the disrupted circadian rhythms. Yes. We are not supposed to be working in overnight. Yeah. And sleeping during the day. Okay, so um, you can find supplements, um, you know, of melatonin that are synthetic, that are made outside the body, and you can find them, like I mentioned, dissolvable, chewable gummies. And, and apparently in water, too, at the airport. <laughs> Dosages range from 1 to 10 um, milligrams. Now, <clears throat> so we're thinking that melatonin supplements can raise our melatonin levels at night to help us go to sleep and get better sleep. But I do have to add here, there is a even more natural way to promote good circadian rhythms and melatonin, um, adequate melatonin at night. And that is getting some sunlight in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, If you stay in a dark room all day, your body really needs that exposure to light, even if it's a sunlight through a window or just going outside for a little bit, but getting some sunlight. And then at night, kind of dimming the lights at night, getting away from the screens, that that kind of thing, doing that several hours before bed. The darkness will slowly make your melatonin levels rise. So this is the part that I hope that Will does not listen to because Mm -hmm. we always debate how many lights we have to turn off to watch TV at night. Now, granted, you're probably, like, canceling out the effects with, like, the TV, the TV on. Why do you have still, to have lights on with the TV? I don't like them to be totally off because it makes the TV hurt my eyes more. Oh. Maybe I just need to start wearing blue light glasses and then he can turn off all the lights. But I okay. like to have, like, a light on or two lights on. And he likes it dark. I think you're just not used to a TV in your bedroom. That's true. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, so the big question, do they work? And, I mean, obviously people think they work or think they have some potential if they're buying them and taking them like candy. Yes, for sure. (laughs) But I have questioned, like, is this doing anything? Oh, well, I'll take it anyway. Uh, Yeah, for sure. What does it hurt? Right, if it doesn't hurt, you're like, well, let's try it out. See what happens. So it's interesting because the American Academy of Sleep Medicine reviewed all these different sleep aids. And it says there is insufficient evidence that melatonin supplements actually work. And it suggests that clinicians actually not use melatonin as a uh, treatment um, for people to get to sleep or insomnia. Um, And they said there was minimal evidence available um, that melatonin had any effect when it came to improving sleep, going to sleep, Staying asleep and your sleep quality. Wow. Which is, I was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, that's a strong statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, they're Especially they considering really, how easy it is to buy melatonin. Now, to melatonin's credit, melatonin supplements to their credit, there is just not enough data to really break down and look at um, sleep latency. That means, like, how long does it take you to go to sleep? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we don't have a ton of data looking just at that enough to really 
for them to make a statement and say, yes, it might decrease the time it takes you to go to sleep. And we don't have enough data on if it changes your total length of sleep at night. There's yeah. just not enough. So I think a lot of this statement from the Academy is due to maybe a lack of data, but even the data that we have wasn't compelling enough to say so yeah, But I did find some interesting individual studies. Now, none of these were like significant findings, but it was just interesting to me because the effects that melatonin had were really, really small. So when you take two milligrams of melatonin, one study found that you had just a small increase in sleep quality, which sometimes I'd take even a small increase. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I'm not complaining about that. Um, two milligrams decreased the time it took to fall asleep by 8.9 minutes. I mean, I would also take that, too. I guess that's pretty bad. I was thinking it was kind of small, but I guess that's, yeah. I mean, if it takes you 20 minutes to fall asleep, you almost but cut that down. But it only yeah. increased total sleep time by 2.2 minutes. Okay, well, that's just depressing. <laughs> I'd, take, I'd take the little increase in sleep quality and go into sleep 8.9 minutes earlier. I mean, I would definitely take the increase in sleep quality, especially if it were on a night where I had had a couple nights of poor sleep you know that feeling when you've had a couple nights oh, of poor if i sleep? haven't had good sleep in several nights i'm taking something stronger <laughs> i'm not wait i'm not playing I around wish, with melatonin i wish that listeners could see the look on your face i mean carolyn was looking at me like she was like i was her daughter and she was telling me what to do uh-uh. oh my gosh that was hilarious and i am not a nice person i'm I, we've recorded on days when yeah. you've not slept well, and you have been very pleasant to me, I will I will say. I do warn you, though. You warn me, but it is also very apparent that you are not firing on all cylinders. <laughs> and it's not like you're not focused. It's just you're not firing on all cylinders. Yeah. You're, you're not bringing your, like, yeah. s- your, like smartest A-game. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, several nights of not good sleep, I'm not fooling around with melatonin. Yeah, well, see, okay, I would go towards the melatonin. Well, you never take anything anyway, so it would probably work on you. (laughs) Okay, now one positive, though, with melatonin is it does appear to have no rebound or withdrawal symptoms. And, you know, that's a big thing with sleep stuff. There are very few sleep medications, and there's lots of different categories, but a lot of them will leave you with some kind of, you know, dry mouth or you feel you know, um, drowsy the next day or it's hard to get going, you know, um, there's a lot of, um, rebound or withdrawal, you know, you, then you can't stop using them. And there appears to be none of that with melatonin. Yeah. I mean, I think the withdrawal part is huge in the sense that like you don't, nobody wants to become dependent on a sleep aid. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I can, I mean, I can, I think that's like huge perks to melatonin right there. I have experienced that. And it was back in my late 20s and I worked at this horrible job. Like I had to get on an antidepressant. And it was just like a job you get so sucked in and you don't feel like you can leave. Mm -hmm. Like it was a very narcissistic, maybe manipulative boss. Like just when you've had it, like she's like, let's go for a spa day. I, during that time before until I quit, Finally, I had to get on an antidepressant and I got on a sleep like Ambien or one of those. There's yeah. Another so that you could like, like calm down and sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably my anxiety. 
But, and what's funny is once I quit and then all the, I had a bunch of students under me and interns yeah. and they all quit and we all went to dinner and we found out all of us had had to get on sleep medications. Stop it. It was crazy. Like I was kind of scared to admit it and I did. And, you know, Molly was like, I did too. You know, like, and we just ran around the table. We'd all had to get on some medications because of that boss. Isn't that wow. crazy? Anyway, but I got so used to taking Ambien or I can't remember if it was Ambien or what that, and you slept so good. And, um, you know, I had like a one-year-old at the time too, so I was already sleep deprived. And, um, you know, I realized I don't, you're not in this job anymore. (laughs) You know, you don't need this. And, you know, like, and it, but it was really hard to like, I slowly weaned back, but it was, it was hard. Like, I didn't sleep good, or sleep was up and down for a while right. while I got off of it. Yeah, which is so, which kind of yeah, scared me. It's it. I imagine that, but also you're like, but if I could, if I took this, I would just sleep so well. Like that. That's the right. hard part. Right. Yeah. Because well, you see, just want to go to sleep. You should have yeah. gone to melatonin then. I probably was taking that too. I don't know. Okay. So wait, before we get into the next part where we were going to talk about like side effects and dosage and that sort of thing. Um, I was thinking about the fact that like the evidence isn't all that conclusive and I can't help but think that part of that could also be related to the fact that melatonin is a supplement, which means it's not regulated the same way a prescription drug is. Very true. Ooh, I wonder if some prescription melatonin in Europe would be different. Well, let's fly over there and find out. But so... Yeah, and it's going to vary by brand. Right. So it's going to vary brand to brand in terms of, you know, what, how, like how much is really in there. Well, and then like a five milligram tab from one brand may be completely different in effectiveness than a five milligram from another brand. And are they, are they blending something else in there Mm. that could be, you know, not as beneficial to you? That, that sort of thing. That was where my mind was going. Um, Anyway, so when we jet set off to Europe, we'll get some prescription yeah. melatonin and let everybody know. Uh, one place where melatonin usage is actually recommended by healthcare professionals is for jet lag. If you travel a lot, um, melatonin is like encouraged for that to help with jet, jet lag. And I had never heard this, but it says, um, I found a study that said it takes your body 24 hours to adjust to one hour of time difference. Yes. So if I fly to a place that it has a three-hour time difference, I can't think of a place right now. That, but anyway, if I fly <laughs> three hours difference, technically that would take my body three days to adjust right. to that time. But research suggests that melatonin speeds up that adjustment process. Yeah, because it, it helps you reset your circadian mm-hmm. rhythm mm-hmm. yeah and that it melatonin may be helpful for people who do shift work oh now you can help your body reset across time zones by fasting as well i didn't know that yeah if you fast um most of the research was like you fast basically you try to fast as long as you can going in like if you're going to europe like going into okay. the f- into the flight like don't eat on the flight like just get on the flight, try to go to sleep, and then when you wake up in Europe, you eat breakfast at their like morning breakfast time, and it helps reset your body. I feel like eating is like an activity though on a flight. Oh, I like, totally kind of agree with you. Plus, when you fly to Europe, they usually come. They give you the meal, they give you the wine, they give you know they give you the things. They make it really pleasant. 
which they don't do in the United States anymore, as we've talked about before on rant therapy. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so, so we're not really sure it works. Maybe a little improvement, but it was eye-opening that it wasn't really recommended. Melatonin wasn't taking it. Um, but I guess the bottom line in is, is it safe? Are there potential side effects for some people? Or, you know, is there a dosage you should be staying under? Or what's too much? That kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, that would make a difference to me whether I took it or not. Because kind of sounds like right now it's kind of maybe a little placebo effect. Maybe it helps a little bit. Maybe it makes me feel better just when I take that right. melatonin. Right. So I have the confidence then that I can go to sleep. They, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it's just mind over matter. Um, okay. So, Carolyn, what were some of the side effects that you, that you discovered? Okay. So, in general, it appears relatively safe for adults. There were no significant side effects. But, and I do want to make this make a big point about this is there are very few studies looking at long-term use because think really studies probably started when the uptick in melatonin did probably 2005 2006 right so we don't have any studies of what effect does it have when you take melatonin every night for 30 years 40 years 50 years you know good point yeah kind of like the same thing like with artificial sweeteners we don't we don't know the effects of if you eat sweet and low every day for 80 years, you know? Correct. So, um, but there is a small percentage of people who say they experience dizziness, some irritability, and short-term depression. And this was, that kind of was like, what do they mean by short-term depression? And they say it refers to temporary symptoms, um, not prolonged ones that stick around that would merit a diagnosis of depression. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking maybe short term. And, you know, I'm going back to what you said earlier, how depressed individuals usually have higher melatonin levels. Yes. So it may be if those people took melatonin, then it may kind of cause a little additional depression, like short term, temporary depression on top of depression. Well, so then the other thing that I was reading was that uh, other studies found that so some have found that people with depression have higher levels um other studies have found that people who have depression or have bipolar um or have seasonal affective disorder which i know you Mm -hmm. looked into more um that their the rhythm of their melatonin right Mm -hmm. that like their when it peaks is a little bit different from someone who is does not have a mental health condition. So like someone who is in this particular study, like someone who has depression, their melatonin levels tend to peak a little bit later mm-hmm. and then um, are also a little bit higher in the morning. So that, that, so that may be why it's just hard to get going in the morning. Yeah. We don't have motivation. But or play when a role in, in one particular study – it was a small one. I remember it was a small one that you had found when they they took a group of depressed people and put them on like an, an antidepressant. I can't remember which one they put them on. But anyway, what they ended up finding was that their melatonin levels kind of normaled out a hmm. little bit more in the morning because they assessed them like when they woke up in the morning. And kind of what you just said um, even if y'all may have lost or something, but kind of sums up what we found. There's, 
Nothing was significant one way or the other. There was a little research to suggest it may not help depression. There was another, there was a 2017 study that reviewed eight clinical trials that suggested taking melatonin may improve depression, um, but not significantly so. So it was, there's no compelling evidence one way or the other, really. Um, and there is some, there are some studies who suggest that melatonin may be more beneficial to those who suffer from seasonal affective um, disorder, like seasonal depression. Yeah, which would obviously then help, right, with this whole circadian rhythm because that is a part of seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, that's where disrupted circadian rhythms are thought to be how seasonal affective disorder occurs. Yeah. So, um, and then again, like we mentioned earlier, it's a dietary supplement, so you never know what you're getting. Um, And dosage, there's no optimal dosage. We don't know. So there's no maximum dosage. There's no, you know... In general, what I found in the research is one to three milligrams seem to be what was recommended if you do take it. Okay. But, you know, I'm going to say, if you look at the supplements out there, I'm going to say most people are probably taking five or ten. Really? They may not even look at the dosage amount. I'm not. I'm not. Now I want to go shopping and find yeah. out. Well, so the thing, too, that we should remind listeners with supplements is that because you don't always know what you're going to get. You really should aim to try and buy a supplement from a supplier who also goes through third-party testing. Yeah. And it will say it on the label. You'll see like a seal or a certification or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, So that would probably be like, if you are a melatonin taker, that would probably be a good route to go. But I have to say, like as someone who has suffered from depression, I'm not sure that I would be so quick to reach for melatonin knowing that my melatonin levels might be a little higher High to begin with yeah you know and I think you might have more benefit by focusing on going outside some in the first half of the day yeah I totally I, I think that's a really great point like get up get outside gonna, even if you're just stretching on your porch that's been shown to help depression being out in nature but then that sunlight is going to keep your melatonin levels low so that they will go higher at night right oh and children children there is no one will say that it's safe for children mainly because we don't have a lot of research on kids and there is zero long-term research on kids so just across the board you know when it comes when you ask healthcare experts look at research they're going to say not for children. Um, so, you know, you kind of just have to figure stuff out on your own as a parent. But yet they sell it. Oh, yeah. For kids. Yeah. Melatonin gummies for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So, anyway, you know, I don't think it probably does much damage, but it's good to know the stuff. And, you know, I may take it, you may take it like more as a placebo effect. Like I said, give you the confidence to go to sleep. Exactly. It makes you feel better. I don't think it'll probably do much harm, but again, we don't really know long term and it may not be worth your money. But it does sound like if seasonal affective disorder is something that you or someone in your family suffers from, that it might be worth dabbling in it then. Yeah. Or for jet lag. And for jet lag. Right. And again, for placebo effect. Yeah. But no guarantees that it's going to do the trick. But also... 
it doesn't really seem to have any harm. So that's the other point, right? Like yeah. we, we, we definitely want to make sure that we're kind of covering our, not that you and I are covering our bases. Like, I think like, it's always important to think about like, is a supplement really going to harm you? And yeah. I think that if you're following that general guidance that you had said, where most recommendations were within the one to three milligram range, that you're probably not going to really be yeah. doing much harm. You know, the one thing I didn't look up I covered a lot of stuff here. I'm you pretty did. proud of myself. You but, should um, be proud of yourself. One thing I didn't look up that I want to later is melatonin and alcohol. Oh, I need yeah. to check, see what, if, if there's anything to that. I think that's another great podcast topic. If there's anything to it. But okay, so want to wrap things up? Yeah. So here's how I want to wrap it up. I want to <laughs> know: Are you going to let um, Madeline continue to take her melatonin at night? It works yeah. for her. I mean, I feel like I, with my I she kids, is I would 15. if, they if to take she it. doesn't get good sleep, you know it around the house. Yeah. As Griffin said uh, earlier, <laughs> he, she was taking a nap this afternoon and he was playing with a friend when I came up to um, up to the studio to record with you today. And he was like, don't wake the beast. <laughs> <laughs> believe it i believe it not because i, I think it. not because i think that of her but she's 15 i yeah. mean it's, you it's, never know what you're gonna get when there's not enough sleep so yeah you it, never know what you're gonna get with me when i haven't gotten enough yeah. sleep so let's not put like teenage hormones yeah. and I, I i truly don't think it's causing much harm yeah. i don't know if it's doing anything but yeah if it makes her happy to take it then i'm okay with that yeah now, see, I would say I probably wouldn't, like, just introduce it for the sake of introducing it to my kids. But if I really felt like we were in a situation where, like, there was a lot of poor sleep, yeah. then I would say, yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye! Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.